0: Hey everybody, it's Bill Courtney with an army of normal folks, and we continue now with part two of our conversation with Pastor Lee Robbins, right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors.
1: Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right?
3: We now
0: return to our conversation about Pastor Lee serving his fellow prisoners. So that's phenomenal.
4: Yeah. But that ends when your time ends. Right. And uh, so my time, now it's time for me to go. So I have to build up some people. Three, three, three and a half years? Three and, and a half years. Did you do all three and a half? No, I actually you know, got benefit of the Second Chance Act. Good. I was two of thousands of us that got the benefit of getting, you know, going home six months early.
0: Okay, so you did three.
4: So I did three and then six and a halfway house.
0: I got to ask you something.
4: Yeah. How long
0: does three years feel like when you've oh. got a wife and children outside waiting on you? How long does that feel like?
4: A really? life. What does a day feel like? A day is first of all, you, you, you are active and you're working in there and you just like anybody else you're working, but I can remember coming home and, I'm making $25 a month, $0.12 cents an hour, working full-time. And, uh, inside the prison. Inside the prison. And I would use 15 of those dollars to call home, to talk to my wife, to talk to my children. She would bring up some disciplinary issues to the children. And I, <laughs> I couldn't find it in my, my heart to, to really get on them.
0: Yeah, how how do you get you know, on your children? Yeah, you ain't so.
4: got number two minutes, and you're getting <laughs> on them, and, and you don't want that to be. And so I'm, I was an easygoing dad, you know, and just you know just speaking love to them, you know, speaking life to them, and and then you get a few minutes. Mom was so unselfish, so she like spend the time with the kids, you know. So I would do that, and uh, you know, and times of visitations were like crazy. We she would bring them up every week. And uh, they love that because they get a chance to get to the vending machines and act crazy and do stupid That's stuff. That's
0: devotion on your <laughs> wife's part. She stuck by you seriously absolutely. through all this.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Every single week, every single week she brought. There was one week that she didn't, and it really uh, that bothered me cause that because you can't call out, so you don't know why. I don't know why. You know, things maybe they got into an accident on their way over yeah, what's here. What's up? What's up? What's up? And you know, you know, in prison they got phones and stuff like that. And I never used a phone. I'm the pastor in the compound. You know, I'm trying to set an example. Man, I'm gonna tell you, I got tempted to use that phone this time. I'm like, give me, the, hey man, y'all give me a phone. It, it, and oh,
0: I, somebody's got a contraband phone. They got a contraband phone. And you won't use it because you're trying to do right. I'm
4: trying to do right and trying to show them how to do right and. And they were offering it to me, man, you know, you need to check on your wife, man. Here's the phone, man. Go in. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And and um, you know, I and I did Oh that. man, that had to have been hard. It was hard. It was hard. Um, then I, I had a lot of favor in prison too. And so the officers favored me. I worked in R and D. That's receiving. I call it, it's called received and discharge. So when the people first come into prison. I well, thought it was research and development. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it to redeemed and delivered. You know? I mean, RG means a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. changed it into that. And so, <laughs> uh, so I would see them come in and going out. And so the officers there favored me. And uh, even though they say you weren't going to get any favor, Right. they heard my story and they, they kind of favored me in that sense. And so the officer called for me. Called oh, that's home. cool. Call home for me and, and found out that, you know, she just didn't have no gas money to get there. Yeah. She just,
0: she just. Which, which brings on a whole nother set of emotions. Cause as a husband, yeah. you haven't been able to provide gas money. Just gas money.
4: Gas money. Gas money. When I was the pro- sole provider for I the family it. for years. That makes you feel like a loser. Oh, at the, Yeah, for real. I mean, with a capital L, I mean, it's just, you go in, and you're like, don't ever worry about coming. You know, if you don't have any gas money, don't let the option be gas money, food, come to see me. No, you take that money and help your, help the kids out and bless. And she never worked those three and a half years, never had to work outside the home. You know what happened? Our our mailbox became a money box. Wow. People started donating to her uh, to pay our bills, you wow. know, for three and a half years. What three years and then this six months I was in a halfway house. I was able to All somebody. right, so
0: now you're now you're out. hmm Business is gone. Mm-hmm. Church that you started may not be gone, but you're not pastoring it anymore. Right. I mean it had to move on. Not yeah. that it hated you, but it had yeah. to move on. hmm And you've had this experience about mentoring folks in prison and Correct. seeing them getting redemption from it. Uh huh. So, yeah, what happens?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm out and, um, at this point. So, I'm having this passion that was ignited in prison. Never thought, I can remember driving around a prison in my neighborhood, and I thought, one day I'm going to go in there and I'm going to minister. But, you know, I was planning on coming home, you know. Right. I didn't, didn't want to spend a night. Right. <laughs> so, that happened, actually, and I thought, so my, my passion was ignited in prison. I my new call, my new purpose now. Oh, uh, I gotta do this. This is a problem. And as like a lot of entrepreneurs think, they think, okay, if I can find a problem, I could be a solution. And then there can be a difference there. They think money in that term. I'm thinking like relationship capital now. I'm really got my heart changed. And I and if money comes, so be it. But I'm gonna focus on helping people right now. So I volunteer for this organization called GGRA, Greater Grenette Reentry Alliance, helped to start that organization. I'm sorry, say it again. Anymore. Greater Grenette Reentry Alliance.
0: Reentry Alliance, which yeah. is, again, a huge problem in our country about how do we get folks out of prison to reenter oh. society mm-hmm. and acclimate. And not go right back into prison again. Exactly. The, the dreaded recidivision that we yeah. all have heard about, Yeah,
4: right? 70% people go right back after three years. Uh, you got 8 million caught up in the system. Caught up in Which meaning.
0: is 500% higher mm-hmm. than the numbers that were in the system in 1940.
4: Exactly. 500%. 500%. I Which mean. is a
0: whole nother conversation. Right. But the point is, yeah. there's a whole lot of folks mm-hmm. coming in the prison system, leaving, mm-hmm. and going back in the prison system. And what's what I call, and I don't know what the word is, but I call I call it being institutionalized. Mm-hmm. I call it where a human being just becomes part of the institutions that house him or right. her.
4: Yep. And they just, they just rotate in and out. Constantly. Yeah, they do. They do. And it's just also a society issue. Sure. Uh, because I can remember, uh, you know, I'll talk talk about that story when I start working for probation and parole. Now I'm trying to figure out, first of all, how I get a job working for the state, probation and parole, in right. anything. I mean. And uh, and so I I told them I said with yeah, no money in your with, pocket with no money in my so pocket so you're desperate
0: for a job
4: yeah well this 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 desperate for a job this is a this is a good paying job with benefits right right I got a record how do you get a job like that and I, so
0: I, that's part of the problem
4: uh, yeah and and so I'm I'm there you know and they actually hired me. And I'm like, who they? They being probation and parole. Which is the state? The state. So it's a state job. State job. So they hire an ex felon. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how did you hire an ex felon? Right. Well, they had a stack of applications like this for a community coordinator for one of the second largest counties in Georgia. Okay. Right? Governor Deal is known for reentry. He's a Republican governor and he's known for reentry that's his that's his brainchild here in georgia and so he started this position with a federal grant six million dollars of a community coordinator what is my job my job is to go out and build resource capacities for returning citizens those returning citizens ex-felons right i got to build resources like jobs housing transportation things of that nature and then connect the community so relationships that was my job. That's what I love doing. Right? Perfect. Perfect job. How did I get it? So I'm like, so when they offered me the job, I'm thinking, do they know I'm a, I have a record? <laughs> <laughs> Should I tell them? <laughs> like, I'm going to mess this all up. <laughs> so, so the Lord tells me, he said, you got to be honest with them. Tell them." And so I tell the chief, the guy that said, hey, we're going to give you this job. I said, you know I got a background, right? He said, No, you don't have a background. I said, I said, Oh, you didn't open your mouth up now. And, I, and he said, <laughs> he, he said, No, we got the best background checking system in the world. This is probation and parole. I said, Well, this is not April Fool's Day. And I'm telling you, I got a record, <laughs> man. <laughs> and, he's, and, I, and I'm and i going to tell my testimony. I'm not going to be ashamed of my testimony. He said, Oh, no, we, we'll check that all the way up to the governor's office. We know that you, Don't have a record. And so I walk away from that. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. He said you don't have a record. He said I don't have a record because they checked that stuff.
0: Yeah. And we checked you all the way up. All the way up. How do you not at this point have a record when you know you
4: have a record? Well, I had to find out why they couldn't find anything For real though. For real. And I'm like, (laughs) so I want to check my records myself. Go all the way to the court documents. You know that judge sealed all my records? Why? Federal judge sealed everything. Why? We talked about it earlier.
0: They Did, said, oh, what, what, he wasn't doing something nice. No. It's because it's, the thing was so screwed up, he didn't want anybody getting into it.
4: You got it. So it's, it worked so for my good. to
0: this day, to this your day whole, that whole proceedings? It's, sealed, sealed. it's
4: like it's done away with. If I never say anything about it, nobody would never know.
0: You're kidding me.
4: It's and so it's, when
0: you were telling this dude you had a record, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were saying... He was like, "Yeah, but we don't consider that a record because we like you and everything." It wasn't that. <laughs> no, it's because they couldn't find that you had a record. They
4: couldn't. They could. They couldn't find it. Wow! Unless I said something, and I was going to say something because I'm using my life as a testimony to the to the guy that's been to prison that you can do something with your life, right? Not, and, right. and I don't need to hide that, right? And I have no reason to hide that. Well, and I'm plus, not ashamed.
0: The credit it gives you some credibility with former prisoners
4: Mm -hmm. right exactly when i go and talk to people and i tell them i've been where they are instant credibility sure they listen to everything i'm saying
0: we'll be right back
1: rain or shine every day is a great day for fishing right
4: All right, so you get this job. <laughs> yeah. And? And so I get this job. I'm working in probation parole. These guys with guns, right? Girls and guys with guns. They're all around me. I got an office in the middle of them, right? <laughs> they have to do what I tell them to do as a community coordinator. I'm wow. setting up all these events in the city. They have to show up, do the parking. They have to do the security. This dude went to prison. They know I've been to prison. And, yeah, you uh, their job, you and, their and, boss. I'm their boss. Yeah, that's crazy. The chi- I'm over the chief in the in the in the county, and because the governor set this position up, so I have governor, I can go anywhere in the state, get the keys to the state, and say I'm, I'm a community coordinator from the governor's office, and they they set a meeting with anybody, wow. with me. I had to open doors to Georgia, and uh, and so. So when, they, when you say second chances, I tell people, I don't believe in second chances, and I pause. You don't believe in second chances? What you in this position for if you don't believe in second chances? I come to understand that they need better chances. You can give them a second, third, fourth, 90 times, and they'll keep going to prison. Why? Because some of them never had a first chance. So it starts where, you, Bill, what you've done with young people, Prevent them to go from the first place right giving them a hope in the first place right because once they get in the system it's not broken it's fixed mm. that means it's going to yeah. do everything it's supposed to do and and this is a business we got to get our clients coming back and if they don't have a better chance where society changes our mind about how we work with people who come out of prison oh we're not going to give them a job because they they've been to prison we're not going to give them housing. If somebody don't give me a, give me an opportunity to get housing, transportation, well, I'm,
0: then you're probably going to do whatever you got to do to survive
4: and you right becomes. back where you came in the first place. That's what it becomes, and so that's where I made it in my commitment, my ministry, that I was going to stand in the gap and be a bridge to change. I'm not going to know that these things are happening and not create a job for them not create housing, not create, you know, transportation. And this is all the things that we do. Life coaching. I knew that they need that life coach because that helped a lot in prison. So I started creating all these things when I got out, you know, to help a return citizen succeed. The program is six months to a year. Once they come in, they get jobs. They start How do working. they get jobs? Do you all help them find jobs? Yeah, we help them find jobs. We we have a agency that's, Committed to going to ex-offender employers, Mm -hmm. friendly employers, and building relationships with them. We go before them and say, "Hey, listen, there's some people behind us that you should hire. Why should I hire them? Well, they have drive. They, I mean, their employment may make the difference between their freedom or not. So they're gonna, you're gonna have a committed employee. Number two, we're helping to have that social Support for them, transportation, coaching, mentoring. So we got relationships. That's, that's
0: part of the problem. I've yeah. hired ex-felons before. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: I'll hire an ex-felon tomorrow in my right. own business. I have done it. Yeah. But when that ex-felon has to go visit his parole officer, <laughs> when the lights ain't on, mm-hmm. when they are living in a halfway house that they're up till two, three, four o'clock at night because hollering and screaming down the hallway.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel for them. Yeah. But as an employer, right, I need folks to show up every day right. with a good night's rest, with the ability to feed themselves That's and right. a place to go at night.
4: Transportation. And, and oh, I can't yeah.
0: tell you how many times I end up hiring a, a halfway homeless dude mm. who has no training yeah. and is only able to show up to work 60% of the time. And unfortunately, my heart right. feels, but I got a business that's, to run, and I that's can't run my business with folks like that.
4: that's unfair to you. As yeah. so, right. so how do you keep
0: that from happening?
4: Well, you we bring them because in. then I yeah. think
0: that leads to recidivision because eventually that guy can keep a job, exactly. And now he goes and steals yeah. something and ends up back in jail.
4: That's unfair to the employer, right? So you got to think about two sides here, and and the employer
0: gets all this mm. the evil big employer. Oh now. yeah, no, it's yeah. Profits are a necessary measure of any business's success. That's right. And you can do all kinds of wonderful society things, but if you ain't making money, you ain't going to do nothing for nobody. Exactly. And you can't make money without hard working, on time, good time employees. Exactly. And even though you want to help these folks, mm-hmm. when they don't have the tools, mm-hmm. you can't keep them in your business. You can't. You can't. And can. that's just the reality of it. That is. So, how do I keep your people in my business? Exactly. How do I
4: keep your people? I understand in my business? you better. I start understanding what the employer needs and what they're looking for. Pe- employers are in business to make money. They have to be. They have to be. It's or they not,
0: won't be in business. People here in need to understand it's not greed. No. It's we answer to the bank where we get our loans. We exactly. answer to the board that's going to sit us down and grill us about why we have or have not made any money. That's right. We we answer to the investors who expect a return on their investment. That's right. We are not being evil greedy people by no. making money in our businesses. No. We're required to and we all answer to somebody.
4: Absolutely. And that's and that's the reality. This dude ain't gonna show up to work and <laughs> gonna
0: make that impossible for me to do, yeah. He gone. Yeah. Now
4: well, that sounds cold, but that's just real. Well the people that uh, that we work with the reason why they're working with us is because we try to eliminate those those obstacles right there, right? We, first of all, okay, I'm going to bring you a dupe. Let's say, let's say employee A and employee B. Okay. Potential employee A, potential employee B. This potential employee A is one of our people, right? They come with support system, a life coach, housing, transportation, guaranteed. That's a all, big one.
0: Transportation is a big one.
4: It's a big one. And, and support, right? With a drive to work. They, I mean, they have a passion and want to work. Plus, they have tax incentives, you know, that you, if you hire them, you get. Also, liability insurance comes with them. Oh, wow. Right? The federal government will pay them, pay the employer liability, take care of their liability insurance and tax incentives, write-offs. With this guy, this person don't have none of that. I mean, other than some of the stuff they provide for themselves. It's a no-brainer for this employer. Let me give him a second chance, okay? All right, longest. But in our staff, and we have a staffing company. You keep them for six months, and they come on my job and work. And if they do well for six months, I'll hire them. you. You try before you buy. That's easy. <laughs> you see, you know, retention is a problem with employees having finding good employees and things of that nature. And this turnover is what they don't like. It costs them money. It costs a lot of money yeah. to
0: constantly be training,
4: training, be and, over and, over and over and over again. And over. So we try to eliminate that problem, and at the same time, we are helping the returning citizen. And,
0: and they got a place to go home. Got a place to go home too. And so, how long before your your residents? I mean, you can't. They can't become. They can't be residents. In perpetuity, they got to move on to their own life. Right. So, what's their what's their outside of work personal life plan? How do they get
4: put back into society for real? Yeah, but well, we have a, a financial management plan with them. Wow. Right. So we control their finances. You control them. Control them. They sign over for us to control their finances. They budget the monies that they get. We give them a uh, like a. Funds request for every week that they spend on what they want to spend on. They budget. They, they, they see a life coach every week. So you're forcing them to learn how to actually budget
0: money and exactly. not cash their check at the That's liquor store.
4: At the liquor store. You follow the money, you control the addiction issues. You follow the money, you can control a lot of their bad habits.
0: So you mean now they ain't getting a check and getting mm-hmm. full in the grip of a bag of weed Exactly. And other stuff. You're the other keeping stuff. that out of their reality as while well.
4: While we're training them disciplines, while we're teaching them budgeting. Because at the while, after they save a certain amount of money, we give a little bit money more over to them. And then, they, then, then they have to bring receipts back.
0: So, But you're pyramiding <laughs> their responsibility with money and freedom
4: right. up. Yeah. And they say that, that creates a discipline. They start liking it when they start seeing their account build up thousands of dollars. They never saved any kind of money like that. No. I'm writing a check, ten thousand, five thousand, when they leave our program, and then we've already built a relationship with an employee complex, you know that that will let them come in, or they buy their own houses.
0: And you're telling me, <laughs> in a in a in a community of people. Mm-hmm. Who 70% end up, isn't the national number 70%, Over 70% of felons goes return to prison within, seven, I think, two years, right?
4: Two to three years, yeah. It's
0: three years. It's mm-hmm. three years, All right. So 70% of felons mm-hmm. return to prison within three years. You're telling me that your data points are that 98% of the people that come through your program
4: don't return to prison. They don't. It, because it works. It works for them. It works for us. It works for society, but most people are not going to have all those wraparound services. Most people are not going to get that Where does the money dedicated. come
0: from for these
4: services? For the for for you to be able to house and do all this? Where does oh, the money come from? They pay program fees. They pay program fees after a while, and like first three months, they don't have any money, right? Then they start building up their account. Then they have to pay program fees. And it goes back in. So and- this
0: thing is self-sustaining? Yes.
4: I don't get in grants.
0: Hold on, you're telling me no. this is, I, I expected this to be a windfall of money from the government or no. some no. benefactor somewhere or something.
4: Don't receive a dime.
0: Not only does this work, it's self-sustaining.
4: Self-sustaining. It pays for itself.
0: H- and how many residents do you have currently?
4: Currently, I had uh, I just lost a house because the owner repurposed the house, right? And this is why we're in the process of getting another one. We had 10 in that house. We got five in the house that we're in now, right? And we're going to get another house. It's going to be, we're looking at a duplex. We're, we're praying that we can get this duplex. It's going to be 20 people that can go into that house.
0: So really the scale of it is just your ability to house them because there's more that want to be in this program than you have room.
4: If I, if I can, yeah, if we can get a bigger place, that same success rate will be there because the program works. It's just got to get the housing. And so that's it. I mean, we've had three houses in the past where we've had 20, 30 people that we were we were housed at a time. So it's, but it's definitely it, it's
0: it's self sustaining, mm-hmm. and it has a ninety eight percent success rate. Yep, that is an unbelievable story. Yeah,
4: yeah, and it's it's working.
0: We'll be right back. Um, so Lee, how long have you been doing this from the beginning to now? How many years?
4: Uh, it's been since, uh, 2006, so
0: 2006. Mm -hmm. Wow. 16 years. So, I mean, it's a, it's a thing now. Yeah. You've got a, have you got a favorite success story? Have you, have you got the story of that person that came into the program that you actually wondered if they'd ever be able to make it, you know, what's your favorite story?
4: My favorite story is actually it's turned into a documentary. Really? Yeah, tell me about it. Larry, Larry Williams. Uh, Larry is uh, someone that came into our program. He did 42 years in prison. That came. sounds like a murder rap. That was a murder rap. And he came into our program. He's 60 60 something years old now. When
0: he come when do, how old was he when he came in?
4: 22 to you? 21. Wow. He did 40-something years and 42 years. And so he comes into our program, Vital science. This dude was institutionalized. He... Yeah, did- let's
0: set that for a second okay. because a lot of listeners, mm. they've seen movies, whatever, and they hear 42 years. And I think we get desensitized to the fact that when you're in prison, you are you are disassociated with culture. Mm-hmm. And so... I've heard the stories of people coming out of prison and it just is crazy that they don't even know what a cell phone is really.
4: Yeah. This they don't even the know case. how
0: to use one. They don't Don't even know what that is. Yeah. There are no pay phones anymore. Mm-mm. They the world has changed is I I asked a group of uh 60 20-something-year-olds not long ago in a speech Mm -hmm. who could name me one member of the group of people that bombed the World Trade Center Mm -hmm. and the Pentagon. One. Mm. There wasn't a single 20-year-old in the room that Mm. could name one.
4: Wow. Yeah.
0: They could tell you anything about it, and that was on the 20th anniversary of it. Wow. So if in 20 years, which is a generation, We can have 60 college kids that can't even tell you one thing about the most destructive thing to happen to our country since (laughs) Pearl Harbor. And that collective consciousness evaporates in only 20 years. Mm -hmm. Think of what society changes in 40 40, years when you're in prison. Wow. So this cat comes. So what I'm saying to you is, is when you hear a person comes out of prison 42 years they're coming into a world that might as well be Mars. Absolutely. They really are. They
4: are. And he came into it. You can see it in the documentary, but he came into it not knowing what a computer, what a mouse is. Yeah, a, a mouse. There's a perfect example. Everybody
0: knows <laughs> what a mouse is. He thinks a mouse is a great thing, but he's right. he cheese right. out of a hole in the wall. <laughs> right. He really doesn't understand what a yeah. mouse is.
4: Yeah. And he got frustrated. He, We had a mentor coaching him and showing him where the mouse is and trying to get him his Facebook set up and all this stuff on social media and getting him. And he, uh, he said, I'm frustrated. I click this, click to the right button or the left button. You know, he's like, I, I want to go back to prison. Hmm. You know, it's, it's easier. You know, I don't have to uh, be rejected. I don't have to, you know, people thinking crazy about me um i don't At understand this technology prison, I, know, uh, I know where i am you, you know you have a name in prison they respect you in prison they're family members and, and so i've you know um him coming out and with the documentary is called first week out uh first week out and uh it they just uh iron light and that group uh did a great job in putting together this documentary and uh He's winning all kinds of festival awards. And um they just show his first week out. He gets a job. He uh, he's got housing, he gets a job, he's got transportation to his job. He's doing well. Um he's Where got, is he right now? He's right now. He's graduated from the program. He's got his own apartment, he's got his own car, you know, he's got a nice car. He's got he's still at the job, working, working on his retirement plan, you know. Benefits and all that, and so he's he's, and now he's in a documentary that's winning all kinds of awards. He goes to our church, and he's he's in church. He's doing he's doing the right thing. He's mentoring young people.
0: How does he? <laughs> how does he? I, I I should be asking him this question. Probably not you, but I, I I'm searching for the right words to ask this question in a in a respectful way mm-hmm. he, he murdered somebody yeah how does he balance this right chance and this new opportunity and this life he's starting to be able to live with the fact that he took one from somebody who won't ever have that chance does he yeah. do these guys once they finally get off the grip of the drugs and the life loads mm-hmm. yeah. and they they go through a program because there's a yeah. self-awakening that happens in things like this, I believe. Yeah. And I think people start mm. to look at themselves differently. Yeah. And they know what they're looking at when it's them and them in the mirror. Yes. How, how does a guy like that balance this amazing opportunity, even this late in life that he has, and the love he's been shown by guys like you and mentors and teachers and everything, mm-hmm. and then he then he recognizes, you know, Despite it all, I took a lot. I mean, do, yeah. do guys still struggle with that,
4: I guess what I'm I, saying? Well, in the documentary, it, it it addresses a lot of that guilt and shame and remorse. And even he makes a statement from all the stuff he goes through when he comes out still, after he had done 42 years what society says he needs to pay his 42 years of his life. Mm-hmm. He said, I wonder if I'm forgiven by God. Wow. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm forgiven by him. And so there's a And then of, how can you even forgive yourself? How could you forgive yourself? So they still deal with these... There's trauma. There's so much trauma goes on and mental illness that takes place by going through this. In fact, I heard a veteran say, you get more trauma going to prison than you do fighting in a war. Because there's a war in there. It's a war. you know, And, and they see a lot of stuff that average people... Shouldn't see. I mean, just that nobody should. See. Nobody should see. It's just it's traumatizing, and so he's learned to forgive himself. Um, when we attach him to a family, we there's a, a Caucasian family. This is African American guy. We attach him to this older Caucasian family that fell in love with him. Wow. Uh, I certified the father of this family as a coach, and we try to attach them to families so they can feel like they have family. This family has taken him in, this white Caucasian family. This is an ex-murder. <laughs> they're older, no children, no young people, and they got, they, they got ability to help him. They take this guy to go get his car fixed. They take this guy to, to go get his, trying to get his benefits. They're, they're walking alongside of him. And I
0: imagine they're happy to do that if uh, as long as he meets them halfway and keeps yeah. doing
4: the right thing. Exactly, and Larry is an independent kind of guy, and he he doesn't like people that try to help him too much. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> he, he's like, you know, that's okay. That's okay. they want to, and I told him that Larry is not about you. Yeah, you
0: have to be as cheerful receiver as a yeah, girl. yeah.
4: You're helping other people, letting them help you.
0: you they know, feel good
4: about helping you.
0: A guy like <laughs> that, I hear that, and my heart breaks for anybody who wonders if God could forgive him. Mm-hmm. And I always remind myself that, you know, David took his most trusted lieutenant's wife mm. and had a, an a, adulterer and then to save face, killed her husband mm. and was still forgiven. Mm. And if you can do that, God can forgive you. Yeah. And so yeah. Larry's
4: going to be fine. He's He's learning. He's learning that. God has forgiven him.
0: He's going to be fine. But that's interesting that they, I would, I would carry that guilt with me.
4: Yeah.
0: I mean, I would, I would carry that guilt with me. But the amazing thing is you take a guy who's been in jail for 42 years, exits into our society with to him looks like Mars.
4: Right.
0: And in only a few years, he's got his own place, got his own car, got Mm -hmm. a job, made friends, joined a church. Yeah. It's an amazing story,
4: and they love him on his job. And, and that can be done all over this country. Yes, it could, and we can change the reentry industry tremendously if we if we just knew how to do these things. Because I think like most people just think lock them up, but really, they're coming back out. Ninety five percent of them coming right back out, living right next door to you. Why not? change that narrative and, and do something different. And when we do that, we're going to create a better society, less victims. That's how I look at it. You got less victims as you help the people that's committed. less
0: tax dollars going to support prisons less instead of social to. programs that can help us all. You got it. That's right, man.
4: Here's the thing. Um, I got something called rent estate. My life coaches, I certify life coaches. They take the same blueprint, and they're doing it all over the country.
0: Yeah, that's my question. So, <laughs> we're this is an army of normal folks, and yeah. the idea here is mm-hmm. is to tell really cool stories, not of people whose names you've heard in the news and movies and TVs, but really cool stories of just guys like you and me, just normal folks who happen to to be involved and been fortunate enough to to do some pretty extraordinary things. And the idea is to to share those stories, right? right because they're right. uplifting and interesting. And I think we all have conflict in our lives. And the conflict of you with the the guy in Tulsa and and and, yeah. and the things we learn about ourselves through those conflicts are interesting. That's right. But the idea is that somebody sitting in Fort Collins right now hears the story and says, I could do that. You know, mm-hmm. that reaches my heart. I could do that. And yeah. your story may reach some people. Other people's story may reach others. But but mm-hmm. to me, this one seems like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. It's self-sufficient. And you can scale. Absolutely. And how, how does, if somebody hears that and wants to do that, how it, do they do that? How, who do they call? What the, do they do?
4: The portal to getting into this whole system is becoming a certified life coach. That's it. That's it. If you want to do this kind of work, you got to learn to practice. You got to learn and when you become a certified life coach, I have something called coachpreneur. That's the next level. Once you learn the skill of coaching, learn the industry, learn what we do, learn the best practices cuz I'm I'm known as a reentry expert throughout the country. I'm teaching them all the stuff I do. I'm giving it away, right? Literally. They they have to pay for the certification. It takes some, some money to do that. But after that, you, I'm giving you the blueprint to the housing, to the transportation, to the staffing agency, to how to build communities within your community.
0: And you're saying this is being done currently in other places right now? Mm-hmm.
4: Washington, D.C.,
0: L.A., Texas. Are the people doing them all ex-felons or are they just some people that just want to both do it? And, both and. Both and. So you don't necessarily have to be an ex-felon to do Mm-mm. it. Just no. somebody that cares about Just somebody films.
4: that cares. And that's why I teach them the coach approach because you don't have to be an expert with somebody else's life to be a coach. A mentor is different. Right. A coach is somebody who just asks good questions. They're a good listener and they guide the process. Right? You don't have to have had that experience. Because that person is an expert with their life, right? And all you're doing is bringing it out and let them see themselves and make better decisions. That's all. And so they take all of that and take the whole blueprint and duplicate it. That's all they have to do. And, and it works throughout the whole country that way. Vital signs. Vital signs. It's doing the work. Vital signs. Yeah.
0: So if I'm the guy in um, Little Rock, Arkansas, uh-huh. and I want to start a vital signs thing in my community. You know, how do I reach out to Lee to find
4: out, Lee, how'd you do
0: it? And and to get in touch with you, can you share that?
4: Sure. Yeah, they can go to our website, uh, leerobbins.com. You spell that L-E-E-R-O-B-B-I-N-S.com. You go there, that is the portal to it all. I mean, if you want to know something about the staffing, the coaching, the transportation called Uplift, which means Uber plus Lyft. You go to all of those, you go to that one site, and it'll take you to all the other sites. Lee,
0: Lee can you imagine if every community that had a prison in it mm-hmm. took five, you, let's just say on a small level, five prisoners, five former prisoners, mm-hmm. and put them through the system how we could change the entire face of today's recidivision rate? It, it would oh, yeah. be phenomenal, Lee Robbins. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, sir. And um, it's uh, it's it, there's no doubt you are you are a normal dude who's been through an extraordinary <laughs> life, and the, the, the work you're doing is it just furthers to advance an army of normal folks trying to do amazing things in our country. And it has been an honor to spend some time with you
4: today. Thank you so much. It's likewise here with you and and all the stuff that you've done. I'm amazed and just blessed at seeing your work and your documentary and everything you're doing for the inner city. Thank you so much.
0: I appreciate you. And I appreciate all of you for joining us this week. Y'all, if if Pastor Lee or another guest has inspired you in general, or better yet, to take action by starting a Vital Signs in your community or something else entirely, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You can write me anytime at bill at normalfolks.us, and I'm telling you, I will respond. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and on social. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. Become a premium member at normalfolks.us. All these things that will help us grow an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'll see you next week.
5: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.